This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Sheppable Mills Baptist Church. Welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Joe Carpenter, and today I'm here in the office of Brother John O. Sims with Brother John O. How are you, brother? I'm doing good, Joe. Uh, how are you doing, brother? You just got back off of vacation. It was wonderful. And I got to listen to the podcast last week. Uh, got to hear Ryan. Ryan did a he did outstanding job, of he course. Did. And I was thankful for that. We've talked about this before, just how wonderful it is that when you leave, to know that things are taken care of. It's good to have some depth in your roster. Sure is. And we have that here. And uh, it's a great comfort to know that uh, there's a lot of capable people that love Christ and love the Word. You know, we're seeing that this week with VBS going on. Yeah, that's why we're here in your office. Exactly. Vacation Bible School's going on over in the main building. and Our people have just knocked it out of the ballpark. That's right. And it's nice just to stand back and watch the way Christ has graciously given spiritual gifts mm-hmm. to individuals in the body, which is what he said he would do. Mm-hmm. And they all function differently, but what the outcome is is beautiful. That's right. And uh, it's fun. Just I told Brother Ryan, we just need to get out of the way and let that's them right. do what they do. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way to lead the church, yep. isn't it? At times, it is. We're very gifted. Yep. The Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth that they had been gifted in all ways. That's I, right. Brother, I think we're right there with them. I completely agree. I com- it's, it's a wonderful thing to see how the Spirit has imparted gifts to every member as it pleases Him. That's right. Know. Amen. Well, good. Well, it's good to be here with you. Good it to be is. back, uh, kind of in the saddle again, and everything. And today we're going to talk about uh, our love for Christ, love for Jesus Christ. I believe Jonathan Edwards wrote on this a long time ago. The affections, uh, the religious affections, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Maybe people thought he was kooky for talking about it then because he's such a doctrinal. Yeah. That was he was known for that. But uh, there's no way that you can separate sound, healthy doctrine from love of Christ and love for Christ. You know, we could spend the entire podcast right here. I am with Edwards. Amen. Lock, stock, and barrel. I'm with him. Mm-hmm. Um, two things that come to my mind immediately, attraction and affection. Yeah. Um, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, we've talked about the great Shema passage a number of times. and. Of course, Jesus, you know, repeats that in mm-hmm. Luke and well in all of the Gospels, mm-hmm. and he talks about loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, strength in the Old Testament, and Christ adds mind mm-hmm. in the Gospel of Luke chapter ten. And there's a lot of people that think, oh, those are just inclusive terms that it means love him with all you are. And I agree with that. But I believe the Holy Spirit broke those things down for a reason. And I think it's important to focus on those individual words. Sure. And when he talks about loving the Lord with all of your heart, that has typically been seen as the inner self, the inner man. Sure. It's typically been seen as the seat of the emotions, mm-hmm. uh, commentators will tell you. And Brother, we should feel something for the Lord. Yeah, um, I, I just don't know how you love someone and disassociate yourself from feelings. Yeah, I think we would agree that there's a danger in being ruled by feelings alone. Mm-hmm. But man, we we overreact mm-hmm. and we we throw emotion and feeling and passion out. I can't go there. Mm-hmm. 
God just won't let me go there, brother. I know when my heart is in love with Christ, and I know when it's cold. Yeah. And I think each person listening would do well to discover what that is. Yeah. So I think it's completely right. Mm -hmm. And the further I walk with Jesus, the more those affections grow, the more tender my heart gets, the more feeling for him there is. Mm And the second thing that I want to say, brother, is attraction. Yeah. I'm attracted to Christ. Mm-hmm. I find him beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read the Gospels, I think he's the most attractive figure in all of Scripture. There's, I heard John MacArthur say years ago that nothing has mesmerized him more and caught his attention more than just being a student of Jesus yeah. and preaching the Gospels are the richest endeavor he's ever undertook. Well, that was certainly true for me. Mm -hmm. I was in the Gospel of Matthew for over eight years. Mm -hmm. I went back and looked at my Bible, and from beginning to end, it was a little bit over eight years. That was probably the most wonderful season of my life Mm -hmm. because we were so um, focused on Jesus Christ. And, of course, Revelation is being that as well. Yeah. I just tell Kayla all the time, first of all, I'm deeply attracted to my wife. I think she's very pretty. Yeah. Um, but I say to her all the time, I could never look at another woman for two reasons. Number one, I just find Jesus so attractive. Every woman in the world f- fails miserably mm-hmm. in beauty compared to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that I'm so attracted to her mm-hmm. that I just don't have eyes for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what Jesus is saying when he says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. I had a well-meaning sister, and she loves the Lord. I really believe that with all of my heart. But I had a well-meaning sister pull me off to the side here at Shelbyville Mills one time, and she began to try to convince me that marriage is only a covenant, (laughs) and there's nothing in it about attraction, and we shouldn't talk that way. And I lovingly reproved her. I can't conceive of marrying a woman that I'm not attracted to. Right. Could you? Not at uh, all. I, that I that I don't find attractive and 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 beautiful. And I don't know how you serve a master right. that you don't find lovely and beautiful and attractive. Pearl of great price. Exactly. <laughs> and brother Jesus Christ is the most beautiful person, and we know he's God, but he was man. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is the most beautiful person in all of human history. No one can unlatch his shoes, latch it. Mm -hmm. And I love him, brother. I feel something in my heart right now Mm -hmm. for him, and I don't ever want to lose that. Mm -hmm. And when I personally battle for the Revelation chapter 2, first love, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about other areas, of course. Mm But for me, a large part of that battle is keeping my religious affections, as Jonathan Edwards teaches, and not letting my heart grow cold and not buying into the pharisaical, well, as long as you believe this doctrine correctly, this doctrine correctly, and this doctrine correctly, and you know I'm a stickler for doctrine, then, you know, affections, that's not really that important. I I don't know how you separate them, and we shouldn't make them compete with each other. No. It's not like doctrines over here and affection and attraction for Jesus is over here. Brother, one should inspire the other. Mm-hmm. Either way you go, they both should point to the other. Yep, that's the wisdom in what the Holy Spirit is calling for there, and the balance of it. That's right. Uh, when you're deeply attracted 
to someone, there's going to be affection. You've talked about it before that you don't look at we don't look at our wives in some cold, calculated, covenantal. I love you, uh, and I've made a covenant. It's a commitment, and that's it. And they're my goodness. There's it, affection. There's love. There's uh, yeah. there's going to be emotions that are involved there. And it is a covenant, and it is a commitment. But brother, rising off of that bedrock covenant is a lot of affection and a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion and a mm-hmm. lot of love. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was just thinking this morning, I read the proverb of the day, Proverbs chapter 18, and it really warns a lot about being a separatist and mm. separating yourself and seeking out your own desire. And you don't, you answer a matter before you hear it fully and you don't get the cross examination. Yeah. Whenever I'm doing those things, whenever I'm just, you know, pharisaically judging a brother, yeah. writing him off, uh, being harsh in my tone. You know what I've ceased to do? I've ceased to love. That's right. I've become mechanical. I've become methodical, and I've got my uh, I've got my big stick out with all of my doctrine written on it. Then I'm fixing to beat you over the head with it. <laughs> and you know, whenever I speak to Kayla that way, mm. I, love has grown cold. Yeah. Whenever I speak to the church that way, love has grown cold. Mm-hmm. Whenever I just fly off the handle and and uh, you know just begin to you know shoot people indiscriminately with my doctrinal bullets, mm-hmm. my, my love has waxed cold. So mm-hmm. this really runs deep. Mm-hmm. Love for Christ ought to be what drives everything we do, and it's for that failure that He said to the church at Ephesus, "I'm going to remove your candlestick mm-hmm. unless you repent." Yeah. I've been reading through the Old Testament, and uh, we just finished in Deuteronomy about the section on how uh, uh, he he commands there the kings. If you're going to have a king, this is what it should look like. He should copy the word and so on. But he also talked about him not marrying many wives because they would take away his affections. His heart. They would take away his heart. And, of course, we see that in Solomon where his affections were taken away from him uh, because he's divvying it out to all the wrong places. You know, I know there's been a lot of criticism through the years about people talking about, you know, asking Jesus into your heart. And sure. I understand the concern and whatnot. Um, but the Bible does say if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Mm-hmm. We used to sing that old uh, hymn, uh, Since Jesus Came Into, into my, my Heart, heart. <laughs> Floods of Joy or My Soul mm-hmm. Like the Sea Billows Roll. Since Jesus, and we would hold that word roll out. Yeah. Since Jesus came into my heart. Brother, I love that song. I love to sing songs like that because they remind me mm-hmm. of my love for Christ. Yep. And there ought to be some feeling, and there ought to be some attraction, and there ought to be some affection. Yeah. And I'm scared of myself, and I'm scared of others when that ceases to be the case. That's right. We see it in our Lord. Yep. We see it in Him. I've just been preaching through the Gospel of John. And yep. several months ago, we finished through John 11, where he goes to the tomb of his his friend, his yes. good friend that he yep. loved. And the Bible says that he wept. I mean, yep. Jesus showed emotion because of his deep affection. Uh, what were the first three questions Jesus asked Peter when he encountered him after the resurrection? That's right. Lovest thou me? Do you love me? Lovest thou me? Mm-hmm. Lovest thou me? That's It's just it's the key. It really is the heart of, it, heart <laughs> of everything. It is. Yeah. Amen. God so loved the world. Mm-hmm. It, love is the motivation of the gospel and of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And we could 
sit here and theologically obviously the bible says was it first john 3 9 i believe we love because he first loved us yeah we understand that sure uh, we're not divine s- initiative yeah we can't it's unnatural for an unregenerate person to love really anything more than himself that's but right. certainly not to give his love to an unseen god mm-hmm. and but because of that miracle of regeneration we've got the ability to love him right and we do sure Paul says it's the love of Christ that constrains me to live for others. And he's talking about sacrificial living and service to the Lord. I mean, you don't have open concordances here in front of us. Yeah. You know, we don't have a computer operating to help us out here. But, you know, there's just bombs going off in your mind when you sit down and talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul said to the church at Rome in that great de- defense of justification by faith alone. Yeah. Uh, he, he talks about in Romans chapter 5, tribulation works patience. Patience works experience, experience hope. Hope makes us not ashamed. Listen to this. Because the love of God Mm -hmm. has been shed abroad or deposited Mm -hmm. in our hearts Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Mm -hmm. And what's the first fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5? Love. I mean, that's what the Spirit does. Mm -hmm. What is that? It's affection. Yes, it's obedience, and we're going to talk about that. yeah. We're going to bring that balance to it, but but it's affection mm-hmm. and it's attraction, mm-hmm. and and it's longing. Mm-hmm. Boy, I long. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Paul talks about creation groaning, mm-hmm. waiting, yeah, longing, looking for Christ to come, and yeah. you know to restore His order in this planet and adopt the sons finally and fully and take them home. And That's right. The Holy Spirit Himself groans within us. You That's know, right. He says in Romans eight. And that's that love for Christ that is deposited in our hearts at conversion. Mm-hmm. Adrian Rogers, I think it was, used to say with regards to marriage to the wife and to the husband, he would say something to this effect that she will submit to your lead when you submit to her need. Yep. And the point that he's trying to make there, and I think that this is what we see in Scripture too, is that in marriage – it's going to be a lot easier for her to obey you and to submit yeah. to your lead when she can see just how much you love her. And that's what we see in Christ. Yeah. That's what we see in the fact that he has he has died on the cross for our sins. He has purchased us out of the slave market of sin. And in light of that, obedience is not some – I'm doing it with a gritted jaw and I'm, you know, yeah. I, well, I just got to do this because I'm in a covenantal – I want to obey him. I love obeying him because he's, he so loves me. He's put <laughs> it in your heart to do it. Yeah. I believe maybe one of the greatest compliments I slash we hmm. uh, at Shelbyville Mills yeah. have ever received, Allie McLachlan the pastor of Grace Church, Edinburgh, Scotland, was here, and he was telling me the story of being in a conference over in the U.K., and I may have told this story before. Mm. And he said he heard a brother that had just returned from the States talking about this church he had visited, and he mm-hmm. said, I've never experienced so much love. He said everybody there, which is not really their culture to say this, yeah. kept telling me, I love you, brother, I love you, brother. And he said, my ears perked up, and I walked over and eavesdropped on the conversation. He <laughs> said, finally, I spoke up and said, that wouldn't be Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church, would it? And the guy said, well, yeah, it, it was. Mm. And, you know, brother, I don't ever want you to see me without me telling you that I love you. Mm. And it's not mechanical. It's not, okay, now I've got to check that off the box and yeah. tell, tell Joe that I love him. Mm. It's something God's done in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect at it. Obviously, I sin, and you've seen me at times when I'm not loving. Mm-hmm. 
But I think that's permeated our church. It has. And when I come here, brother, I experience love. Our mm-hmm. people are loving. They express their loves to each other. They, they, they vocalize it. And uh, I believe our people feel something. Yeah. I, I think they feel in their hearts love for Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always wanted. It's what I've always wanted to be a part of is a place where the love of Jesus Christ is open and free and mm-hmm. uninhibited. And God's people can show that to each other without fear. Yeah. And uh, I just pray that that abounds, as Jesus said, that your love may abound more and more. And I, I pray that that continues to grow here and yeah. grow deeper and stronger. Amen. I believe it does, and I, I believe it will. So how does this manifest then in us when, we, uh, when we've got that type of love for the Lord, love for Christ? What does that look like in our lives? Well, again, man, I feel overwhelmed because <laughs> – you know, it's there. There's so many things that we could say, but to bring balance to what we've just talked about, obviously it's obedience. Sure. You know, Jesus said, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Mm-hmm. I believe you just are coming on up it. on that. Yeah, just John preached 14 on it. Just yeah. preached it. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, in First John, he even offered a much more yeah. scathing uh, <laughs> reproof. He said. And talk is cheap. If you say that you love me, yeah. but you don't keep my commandments, boy, this is a strong word. You're a liar. Yeah. And the truth is not in you. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that would only say, well, I feel something for Jesus in my heart. And we're not trying to be contradictory mm-hmm. here. Or I have this emotion, but it never manifests itself in personal obedience. That's not true love, brother. That's you right. said it just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. The love that Christ has put in my heart makes me want to obey. Yeah. And so it manifests itself in a love for the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love the word of God. Yeah. And we want to obey the word of God. Mm-hmm. We have a hunger and we have a desire mm-hmm. for the word. So we get in the word and we learn the word. And the first thing we ask ourselves is, okay, how can I now apply what I've learned today in my life. Mm. And I can only tell you, brother, and I know we're going to talk about this in a moment, but when I read Proverbs chapter 18 this morning, I'm very frustrated about the Southern Baptist Convention, sure. and I know we're going to talk about that. And yeah. uh, But you know what? I am so thankful this week that I didn't fly off the handle. Mm. I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I, I just chose to ignore Twitter and not make a public statement because I I hope I want love to guide my tongue. It doesn't always. Right. And sometimes I blow it. And I've told you before, my first response is never my best one, yeah. which is why I need to hit the pause button yeah. and not tweet and not talk and not you know blow steam off because I do more damage than I do good. Mm-hmm. But just by reading Proverbs chapter 18 this morning, the Holy Spirit personally applied that to my life of you need to be careful. You need to pray. Mm -hmm. You need to think this through. You need to search the Scriptures. And by the way, you need to respect the brothers that surround you Mm. and and hear their heart. And you need to to respect the church that you pastor. They don't need to read, you know, statements I've flown out there in public Mm -hmm. without hearing my heart first here. Absolutely. Do do you see what I'm saying? I I say that that's love. It's mutual respect Mm -hmm. that I love our pastors, I love our deacons, I love our small group leaders, I love our church, and they need to hear from me Mm -hmm. rather than me just popping off. That's right. 
And so that would be one example, I think, of how you know the love of God would manifest itself. And and that's almost impossible through a medium like Twitter. Oh. Because it sucks you into controversy and to just unloading everything you think. Impulsively. Impulsively. Like you said, without giving thought and prayer and time and the word on it. Yeah. Consideration for brothers. And by the way, they are brothers. They We're are. talking about brothers. And I yeah. thought this morning, brother, about some of the men that right now I'm frustrated with. Hmm. I'm really frustrated with them. I'm frustrated by some of the things they've said. Yeah. I'm frustrated by some of the things they've done. But you know what? I'm not sitting in their office like I am with you right now, looking at them face to face, hearing their heart, mm-hmm. hearing their reckoning and their reasoning on some things. And you know, um, I need to be careful yeah. before I just write anathema or Ichabod right. over, you know, a brother. Uh, what does Paul say? Love is patient. Yep. Love is kind. Uh, skipping yep. ahead. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And you, a- me, absolutely. And, but yeah. now that, and on the the balance to that would be that that that's not going to uh, exclude me from making a strong statement. And I'm going to and calling things out when I, it needs to. That is love. I'm going to educate our congregation <laughs> on what's wrong and what's right. That's right. I have a responsibility before God to do that, and it's going to manifest itself in probably some austere and stern responses. Absolutely. And I don't apologize for that. But at the same time, that doesn't give me a license to fly off the handle and just, you know, start popping off left and right mm-hmm. and 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 you know being unkind and unchristian. Yeah. That's right. What are some other ways that you've ever put some thought to it that love for Christ is going to manifest itself in your life, in the body of Christ and church in the church itself? Well that would be it. I don't know how you could possibly love Jesus. I guess the banner I would fly over this is this. If you love Jesus, you're going to love the things Jesus loves. Amen. And if you love Jesus, you're going to hate the things Jesus hates. Yeah. It's just that simple. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit lives inside of us, brother. Yeah. And that's Christ in you. And and he's living his life out through you. Mm-hmm. And so – I feel guilty and feel like I need to repent that we're mentioning this now because all these things are equally important. Brother, you're going to love the church. Mm-hmm. Christ loved the church, Ephesians chapter 5, 25, and gave himself for her. It is impossible, 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 impossible mm-hmm. to love the head of the church and mm-hmm. not love the body. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there that think they can love Jesus independently of a church. It Mm -hmm. is not possible. That's right. It is not possible. If I came up to you and I said, Joe, you know, I love you. You're my brother. But I just want to tell you, I just just don't care very much for Ashley. (laughs) Would you believe me? Not at all, because you'd probably love her instead of me. (laughs) She's a lot more lovable than I am. (laughs) But it would be offensive. It would be completely offensive. We're one flesh. You're one. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is one with his church, brother. Yeah. He is inseparable. Yeah. You cannot have Christ without his church. Yeah. And maybe somebody's just been saved and they don't understand that. And maybe and I'll give benefit of the doubt here too. Maybe they've been involved in some wicked churches, you know, in the past. Well, you know there's a man in our church that kind of tasked me with he 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 said I was saying that Mm. You're saved by church membership. Well, you know I don't believe that, Mm -mm. and that's not what I'm saying right now. But here's what I am saying. When you're saved and you're born again, 
and you become a regenerate child of God, you begin to love what Jesus loves, mm -hmm. and He loves His church. Yeah. And you're and it is impossible mm -hmm. to have the love of Christ and the growing love of Christ and be walking with Him for any length of time at all and not fall in love with His church yeah. and His people. And I love the church, brother. I want to be with the church. And, you know, I, I shared this with a brother just this past week I had lunch with. When I was younger, you know, and you're getting shot at and you're getting beat up, it's, it's easy to have some unhealthy ideas. Yeah. And I kind of saw the church in an adversarial role. Yeah. I saw myself as me versus y'all. Yeah, yeah. But, brother, the, the, the further I've walked with Jesus and the more I've studied the Word, he's torn those walls down. Yeah. And, brother, when I see one of our church members hurting, it boy, it grieves me. Yeah. When I see one of them, like Patrick Hasty was named the principal of Harris uh, Middle, Middle School, School. Mm -hmm. I – literally my heart just erupted mm -hmm. i was just so grateful and thankful this guy came up he was in the youth group yeah. he didn't know his place he, <laughs> i had to rebuke him rebuke him rebuke him and we butted heads like dinosaurs early on but man to see how god has worked in his life and mm -hmm. he's a mature godly dad, dad. and husband mm -hmm. you know and so you love the body you love seeing them you weep with them when they weep. You rejoice with them when they rejoice. Mm -hmm. Nothing floods a pastor's heart with joy more than to see people growing strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Yeah. And nothing thrills your heart more than for one of them to come up and say, you know, that message you preached last week, Pastor, it really helped me. It strengthened me. And we live for that. Mm -hmm. And and so it manifests itself, brother, in, in a deep love for the church. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about a particular atonement, yeah. and I believe that. Mm -hmm. That's what Ephesians 5 is teaching. Mm -hmm. Christ died for, for the church. How can you not love the object of his affection? That's right. And that goes back to the affections, yeah. is that we feel what he feels. Mm -hmm. And we love what he loves. Yeah. He's given us a new heart. That's Ezekiel, exactly you know, right. Uh, Paul talked about that. We're new creatures in Christ. That's right. Old things have passed away. Hatred for the church. Hatred for God. Hatred for the things of God. And now all things have become new. Love yeah. for God. Love for his word. Love and I for can't people. tell you the numbers of times, brother. You know, back to the Proverbs 18 thing that I read this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Yeah. You know what keeps me from getting isolated? Mm. My church. Mm-hmm. I'll get into this mindset and think like uh, Elijah. I'm the only one. Everybody else has bowed the knee to Baal. Oh, it's just me, you know, versus Jezebel or whatever. <laughs> and I come to church and I realize, no, there's there's hundreds that have not bowed the knee to Baal here mm -hmm. that love Christ. And you know, I'll talk with an older brother and he'll say, "Now, Pastor, you need to watch that attitude right there." Yeah. You you you, you kind of you know you kind of got a little bit of a wrong view here. Yeah. Boy, I need that. I do too. And I, I revel in it. And that's why I'm telling you. Today, I'm not popping off at the mouth before I have an opportunity to go talk to the mature, wise brothers and get their counsel and their insight and then decide as a collective whole what will our response be. Yeah. Another way love for Christ will manifest itself, too, is love for the gospel. Oh, my. Love for the, the message of redemption. I'll yeah. never forget, uh, back when I first met you, uh, I was pastoring another church. And I took a youth group to youth camp, and it wasn't a good one. It was one of the it was centrifuge, yeah, buddy. It was a train wreck, yeah. But one of the things that they did was they gave us devotionals at the beginning of the week, and they said, 
uh, you know, do these with your kids, you know, each day. And the first one was on the gospel. And I just, so I just let it go, you know, just we, we had a good time there and discussion of the gospel, shared it with them. And I'll never forget a woman that was with us, one of our leaders from the church came up to me afterwards. She says, you know, all these kids are saved, Pastor. I think we can get past the gospel here. My goodness. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to spend any more time on that. Oh, my. That's just a misunderstanding of the gospel. Yeah. I love to tell the story. Yeah. Twill be my theme yeah. in glory, mm. in glory, mm. to tell the old, old story of something. Jesus and his love. Mm. And, you know, I quoted that old hymn in my message from Revelation 5 that when we sing redemption song, boy, the angels fold their wings and step back mm-hmm. because they're, they're not redeemed creatures. They don't have cause. That's exactly right. For Brother, there is nothing more affirming. Mm-hmm making you solid and stable in a crazy world than just reciting to yourself over and over and over again the precious gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why youth camp was so precious. Brother, we preached on the gospel, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, second coming, and they need to hear it again and again and again. And there's another major fallacy with that sister's, you know, uh, <laughs> advice to you. If I'd have been at your youth camp, I was a lost church member. Exactly. I had professed faith, but I was lost, brother. And it would have been the wrong assumption on your part and her part to say, well, all these kids are saved. Right. Boy, I needed to hear the gospel. Absolutely. And so it never grows old. Never. And I would say this, brother, um, without, you know, feeling mechanical. Mm-hmm without feeling robotic or without feeling like I have to do this every single time or I'm in sin. Right. I would say, though, that as a general rule, wherever we're preaching, whatever text we're in, we yeah. ought to look for reasons to give the gospel. Right. Man, we ought to – every opportunity mm-hmm. we have, we ought to give the gospel. And whatever we're preaching, tie that mm-hmm. to the – finished work of Jesus Christ and give the facts of the gospel so that someone hearing it will come under conviction and be saved. That's right. It could be that time. It could be that very time. A person time. could hear it all the And we've seen this, man. Yes, I mean, we Your have. own experience. Absolutely. My own experience. I wasn't saved till I was 23, and yep. I had been listening to the gospel being preached all my life. Yep. But the Lord may use that one time there. Yep. I'd say along those same lines, too, Would you would you agree that Love for the Lord is also going to produce a love for even the lost to a degree. Well, that's what I just put a star <laughs> on my mind. And I mean, in my I'm not heart. saying intimate partnership, no, but fellowship, or brother, you will love the Lord. Your what's the greatest commandment, Lord? The 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 lawyer asked Christ, right. and Christ answered. He quoted the Shema, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy six four and five. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like it. Yeah, You will love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe neighbor is just the elect of Israel. I think it's Amen. the Gentile. I think it's – because then Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who had mercy when the religious elite would not. Wouldn't touch him. Wouldn't come near him. (laughs) So, brother, as we walk out through the world, we shouldn't have this snooty, 
I'm a Christian better than you. Don't defile me by coming. Brother, we should be the most warm, welcoming. Approachable. Approachable. <laughs> we shouldn't have scowls on our face. Mm. Man, we ought to have smiles on our face. There ought, people ought to see that's a joyful guy right there. Yeah. And if they never accept our gospel, if they never accept our Lord, still mm-hmm. they will have encountered Christ in the times that they've had business with us and interaction with us. Yeah. And so love for Jesus manifests itself in love for others. And this is – boy, you talking about a summary statement. My goodness. <laughs> Here's what Jesus said. This fulfills all mm. of the law, the entire Pentateuch, a bit of it. and all that the prophets ever wrote. Mm. In other words, Christ was saying, if you want to stew the Bible down, this is it. Everything that Moses wrote, everything the prophets wrote were to point you to this end. Mm. Love God mm-hmm. supremely. Yes. And love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And that just brings Christianity down to a simple level. It does. And my, how we need to see that in mm-hmm. the way we see Christian leaders treating each other, mm-hmm. suspicious of each other, yeah. indicting each other, hurling hand grenades back and forth at each other while the world sits back and watches. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. That's right. And man, it grieves my heart. Yeah. It, it just breaks my heart. And let me just say for the record, I have violated it. Hmm. I have violated this. There have been times I've not been loving. There have been times I have spoken off the cuff. Mm -hmm. But every time I do it, man, I regret it. Mm -hmm. And I've said this before. You know, if you looked at mine and Kayla's marriage, last Monday uh, we celebrated our 36th anniversary. Mm -hmm. If you were to put down on a sheet of paper the numbers of times Kayla's had to say, I'm sorry, and the numbers of times I've had to say I'm sorry, my page would be full. Be a book? Yeah. Hers would have just a couple or two or three marks yeah. on it. Yeah. Because Kayla does a better job controlling her tongue. Mm. I fly off the handle. Mm. I say what's on my mind. Yeah. You know, if a man doesn't offend in word, the same as a perfect man. Yeah. <laughs> James yeah. talks about that. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I think that we need to be more careful. Mm-hmm and more reserved and more restrained and like we you and me tell each other all the time let our best response not be our first one yeah and take some top pause and some step back think through it pray through it mm-hmm. and um and then respond not and, let yeah yeah i was just gonna say and it, when and if you do blow it then love for the it. lord ought to cause you then to confess it and to seek forgiveness and to repent of it yeah we had a guy come into the office here one time and David Brown was here sitting right here where you and me are sitting, and this guy came in. And, man, I was mad. Yeah. And, brother, he was wrong. I mean, he was being divisive. He was so in discord in the body. Yeah. And I was right to be concerned. I was yeah. right. I'll even go so far as to say I was right to be angry. Mm-hmm. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was I sinned. Mm. And I let this guy have it, man. I mean, I unloaded on him, and there was nothing left when I was done. Mm. And, uh, boy, I felt righteous in it for about five minutes. Yeah. And brother, the Holy Spirit ate my lunch. That's me. I can't. I can't sit on it long. Uh, if I, was, I have offended you or me a bro- too. brother, I've got to. I got to make that right quick. If Kayla was here, she'd tell you two things about me. 
he's bad to uh, blow it with yeah. his mouth. Yeah. But he'll make it right make real it quick. Right. Yeah. Real quick. I can't stand for that Holy Spirit to be grieved in me, brother. Mm-hmm. And so it was – I got to – made it to Friday afternoon, Friday night. Mm-hmm. And, brother, it's as if – an two-ton elephant was sitting on my chest, and mm-hmm. I opened up my sermon notebook to read over my sermon for Sunday, mm-hmm. and I just felt like the biggest hypocrite. Yeah, And it's if the Spirit of God just pressed me to the mat. You're going to go to the pulpit tomorrow, Sunday, and preach the gospel when you've acted like this. And mm. so I just wow. uh, uh, I had the guy's email address. I just wrote him a long email. And by the way, he used it against me. <laughs> he printed it out and disseminated it and said, see here, John O'Sims is – and that's okay. It, didn't, yeah. it really didn't matter because I had done what God wanted me to do. Amen. But, I, brother, I just articulated every word I said, why it was wrong, mm-hmm. and ask him to forgive me, or at least why the spirit and the attitude behind it Absolutely. was wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and I just figured whatever he does with it, I don't care. Yeah. By the way, just to show you how transparent I want to be and try to be, I printed that email out and gave it to every deacon in our church yeah. and, and a deacon. And I said, you know, th- he's circulating this around and, and saying this is an acknowledgment of wrong, and I just want to let y'all know, it sure is. Yeah. It yeah. sure yeah. is. Yeah. It is. I am yeah. here acknowledging that my attitude was wrong. I, I agree with him completely. But I stand in substance by everything I say, said, but, boy, my spirit was wrong. Yeah. I wasn't loving my neighbor as myself. Mm-hmm. What you just said there, too, and this is a side note, but I think that's probably a podcast worthy of time in the future, maybe, is that idea of transparency among the leadership like yep. that. Obviously, not to the degree where you're just. I'll tell you another thing I thought on the way in this morning, brother, a, a good podcast would be, you know, what, do you, what what's it like when you're in the middle of the war? How do you respond when people are circulating emails about you? How do you respond when there's chatter, when there's mm-hmm. murmuring, complaining? How do you respond when people are writing letters like they did to Nehemiah Boy. to terrify you in your soul? I've been through all of that, yeah. and I, I think it might help some brothers out there to hear some of the things I went through and how we responded and you know what God did through that. I think that would be a good mental note. I think note. so, too. You've said – and close to this, but you've said, too, the importance of a sermon soon about how do you handle a rebuke. Yes. And no matter who the source, yes. how do you handle a rebuke? That's, yep. that's good. Yeah, one of the identifying marks of a maturing disciple is that you have the ability to receive correction. Amen. Yeah. We ought to be. And by the way, that goes back to Proverbs 18. Yeah. If you won't receive correction, you're isolating yourself mm-hmm. and you're seeking your own desire. Mm. Boy, Proverbs, we need to spend time in it every single day. Daily. Absolutely. Well, before we close, and when we do close, we've got a word to give to everyone about a couple of upcoming uh, podcasts that we're going to have. Right. But before we get there, is there any anything uh, uh, that you any any last thoughts that you may have concerning love for Christ? Well, I'm not above falling. Um, every sin that I was involved in when Jesus saved me, I'm still capable of, mm-hmm. and the Lord reminds me of that every day. And so I have to, I want to be guarded. Yeah. But I would say this, 36 years ago, I gave my heart to Kayla Sims, Hmm. and she has it, brother. And February the 16th, 1990, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, Hmm. and it's His. Hmm. And I can't imagine becoming cold and sterile and formal and just 
emotionless and passionless. And whatever anybody calls me or whatever they charge me with, they'll just have to do it mm. because I love him. I love Kayla. And you'll see me holding her hand in public. You're mm -hmm. probably going to see me kiss her in public. You're going to see me hug her in public because I'm not ashamed. That's right. And if being a man is being stoic and harsh and hard, then I guess I'm not a man. <laughs> but, but brother, I'm going to show affection and emotion to the one I love, and I love Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm not ashamed to say that I have feelings for him. And I'm not ashamed to say that I have affection for him. And I pray that stirs the brethren up in the same in the same vein to love the Lord their God that way. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, we are recording this podcast this week during the week for us of Vacation Bible School, which is right. wonderful. But uh, in kind of the bigger scheme of things, too, this is also the tail end of the week of the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. And like you've said already, you've had a lot of phone calls, a lot of people asking, Brother John, what do you think about that? Obviously, we're not going to spend time right now on that. Right. But could you speak to just a moment about what we plan on doing in the future concerning that? Let me give a note on that. This week, I decided to barricade myself in my office and not let this dominate me Amen. because the temptation was there. Hmm. and. I intentionally did not return phone calls until I got through with my study. Mm -hmm. I completely finished my exposition for Sunday morning and the next week because we're going on staff planning retreat. By the way, as a member of the congregation, thank you for that. Amen, brother. Thank you for that. We we want to we want you in the pulpit undivided. Thank you for that. <laughs> and so I gave myself completely and resisted the temptation in the pool to join in with the clamor. Hmm. However, I am deeply upset. And I'm going to clearly articulate that in a meeting with our deacons Wednesday night, who, by the way, are out in front of me on this. Yep. And uh, we're going to be open and transparent. And, and kind of depending upon the counsel of that group and our pastors together, um, I will be, and I don't want to be pigeonholed into giving an exact date, but I can tell you that w within the next few weeks, less than a month, um, I will be speaking very clearly to where Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church is on this issue of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so that's coming, and uh, I've prayed about it. I know this is what the Lord has put on my heart. I know it represents and reflects who our church is, and so we, we will be speaking very clearly to this. So stay tuned. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, thanks for the time that you've given us today. Today's your day off. Yeah. Uh, we want you to go enjoy it and well uh, and you know normally i don't do this but it's vbs it's week, vbs week <laughs> and we roll with the punches man yeah that's right well god bless you brother go home spend time with the grandkids amen all right thank you guys for tuning in today thank you for listening to the faithful expositor for more information on brother Jono's ministry go to our church website smbconline.com and follow him on twitter at Jono sims